welcome to the show. I'm your host, Presby Bard. With me tonight, I guess is it, or he's my my co-host. I guess I shouldn't just say I'm the host. There are other people on the podcast. It doesn't feel like it sometimes. <laughs> I understand. Uh, if you go by percentage of volume of of air that goes in the room, I, I dominate that. Okay, fine. I won't talk this episode. I won't no, talk. That's no, gonna, that's Gear Hardest, you talk. You you host it. And our real host at Gear Hardest B. Hello, hello. No, I didn't say say hello yet. <laughs> All right. Also with us tonight is at Bourbon Ghost. Hey guys. And with nope, nobody else. No one else in the room, as has been the case for a few weeks. We fired our research assistant. Honestly, we got this sponsor, and I thought we really don't need it. He kind of wanted some money. Yeah. And we didn't want to spread that around. And I didn't want him to get any shoes. That's, That's right. That's true. He was like, I need a free pair of moccasins, mm-hmm. yeah. and I need some of the some of the cut off the sponsorship money. And we were like, too bad, you're fired. We can Google ourselves. We, we caught some grief over the sponsorship this week. Uh, unfairly. Unfairly. It's completely, completely ridiculous positions to hold by these people. Do you want to explain? Yeah, we, we have a, a group signal. And I guess it's about, I don't know, seven or eight of us in there. With our adoring fans. Yeah. And... One of them was going to go buy some Minnetonka moccasins this week. And uh, he kind of made fun of us because he said there were no shoes. They don't have any shoes. They don't have any boots. They're all slippers. He called actual, what we call driving mocks, which are pretty business casual down here. We wear them to work. Yeah. We wear them yeah. decent social functions. He called them slippers. Like it's something you just w- wear in front of the fire. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have some slippers. Yeah. I'm wearing those I'm right wearing now. I'm wearing a pair right now. It sounds like yeah. he amazing. doesn't know the difference between a loafer and a slipper. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a loafer, bro. In the South, we wear them with shorts in the summer. With, he, that's with right, with no sleeves. socks. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. He's with from Louisiana. Button-ups. And, <laughs> and, and vests. <laughs> and <laughs> he's, uh, he's from Louisiana, so they are a little bit of a different culture. That's, I, that's, you know, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. I have some family in Louisiana, and that place is truly one of a kind. It is. And it's one of the worst places on the planet, if you ask me. <laughs> if, you're, if you've ever been to Louisiana for the first time, it is so far below your expectations. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I enjoy the, the, some of the cities down there, but you start driving, and it's nothing but like disgusting oil refineries and swamps. Yes, and it's really gross. It's kind of gross. The food is amazing. The food's amazing. Mm-hmm. The food is, is, I will never hate on them for that, but... Literally everything else about the place is horrible. It looks like burned out ghost towns, derelict cars, oil refineries. It's like Mississippi with good food. No offense. Mm. Sorry. Some offense, bro. There is some offense. It's a little nastier than Mississippi for sure because Mississippi has a lot more. Like there are some places in Mississippi that have some some serious preppiness to them. Mm -hmm. Have some Bama in them. Have some SEC in them. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, Louisiana has none of that. Even the SEC parts in in Louisiana are still just like swamp rat stuff. Yeah. Have you ever been, I guess, southeast of New Orleans? No. Oh man. Intentionally. I, I used to have. I used to work for the Corps Think of Engineers. Think about this. Who builds a city below sea level? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you building a city? Why are you living below sea level? <laughs> the French, right, or the Spanish? Would it have been the French I guess it'd be the, the French, right? So, I mean, I know everything. You're making me doubt, but everything there's French. Yeah, everything's yeah, exactly. French. So well, St. Augustine Sorry, was Spanish, work. right? Yeah, you were talking about okay. work. I cut you off. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, so, the Louisiana Purchase, it became French, right? After the Louisiana Purchase? No, no, no. We purchased it. We from, purchased from, it. From France. <laughs> okay. 
That it's was been a, a long time since I was in a history. <laughs> we, class. we sound like we don't know what we're talking about. I assumed that France settled New Orleans. You know, that was another <laughs> one of those. That was a, the Louisiana Purchase to go on a little history <laughs> tangent, right? Quick is another one of those. I care more about what you do than what you say. You know, that's a Thomas Jefferson thing. And yeah. he's all this like small government. Don't spend the government. But it's like you get to be president, bro, and you go off. And you, you increase the federal debt to buy this land that we don't need. <laughs> oh, yeah. That it's is, like, that that is it's true. That, and this, that's what they all did. That yeah. Every one of them. You know, John Adams helps writes the Federalist Papers, and then he suspends habeas corpus and puts a bunch of journalists in jail as yeah. soon as he becomes president. They're all horrible people. Yeah. They're all horrible. Anyway. They purchased land from somebody who didn't, you know, I guess technically own the land because the people who lived on the land had... Were and like, also, have we not learned anything? You don't have to buy things from the French. Just invade yeah. and they will surrender. <laughs> you know, the if you want thing. the land, just go take it from them. They'll give it to you. But we went, we took the the even worse way out and actually paid them for yeah. something. They would have surrendered to us if we yeah. would have just tried. After, was that before or after he was an ambassador? That was after. Yeah, he was president when yeah. he did that. Okay, so he was see, president. That he, that was, he should have known. There was some sort of collusion. Yeah, there was definitely. Yeah, but I'm sure he got kickbacks. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure he got Had kickbacks to. for that. Uh, anyway. All right, you were saying you went to yeah. South East Louisiana for work. Yeah, I used to work for the Corps of Engineers uh, on the levee systems. And this was actually a couple years after Katrina. We had a few times people would come up to us and ask us, like, are y'all planting bombs? Like, truly, they thought we were planting bombs to, pl- to plan the next flood. We weren't. but No, you're below sea level. Nobody had to bomb your levees. Yeah. They're just going to break. Just, it's going to happen. Like, they're literally just made of dirt. <laughs> Water and dirt erode. It, it, it's not a good mix. But no, southeast of New Orleans, like, it's what you imagine the entire part or the entire state of Louisiana to look like. It's all stilts. It's all the oh, yeah. creepy-looking voodoo tents or uh, cabins. It's insane. Yeah. And you don't even understand how they're there. Because anytime there's a flood, anytime there's a hurricane, they're all gone. Yeah. Like it's on it's on that little strip that just shouldn't even. And exist. they keep rebuilding them. Yeah. Like, dang, got us again. That's the thing. Let's right just rebuild. <laughs> Let's put it back. Uh, well, speaking of voodoo, did you guys see anything about the stock market this week? Ooh, did we ever? Mm. Did I ever? This has been a fun week. Yeah. Again, we've said we we have been saying this for a long time, by the way, and I'm sticking to it. It was even more true today. If you can't have fun being alive right, right. now, there is no hope for you. This week was a blast. We're literally winning. 2021 right. might already have topped 2020 in terms of just hilarity and fun no that, was, doubt. that was fun it's, no it's doubt. been amazing the only thing i'm a little mad about is that the media and it's predictable but they are depriving us of our biden coverage the little bit that we're getting he can't get true. through a freaking sentence yeah this guy is hilarious if, if he was george w bush we'd be getting every gaffe you know in mm-hmm. the world but we can't get enough coverage of biden to even hear there was something a week or two ago where you know he wears the earpiece and he were he was repeating he word the for word. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. He said it out loud, salute the Marines. As he walked by them into a building, he said, salute the Marines. <laughs> oh, he's done that a few times. Yeah. You know, on the tr- on the campaign trail, he did the same thing one time. But So, uh, BG, why don't you tell us about your exploits this week? I mean, don't reveal any yeah, personal information. No, no. But uh, so you were in on it. I signed up for Robin Hood, I guess, about five years ago. Sort of, I don't know. I've said more it like before. Robin Hood, more like Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. All right. <laughs> And For real. has definitely ended up being that. We kind of did it as a way to just kind of goof off, like, you know, amongst friends, see who could get the most money week to week. And we, it was small potatoes, like 50 bucks. Uh, and I shut it down for five years. And then last week I decided, this is an interesting market. Let's see what we can do. And that kind of made me keep up with the GameStop, the BlackBerry, all the failing businesses. 
And uh, I don't know. We have a fun little group chat that talked about it too. And a couple of us even bought Dogecoin. Not the same group chat. No, different. The first group chat we do out of obligation. Yeah, the that's one true. that you just referenced is for fun. Yeah, uh, and I guess a couple of us in there purchased a little bit of Dogecoin on the side. That was a fun. I don't know. It's fun couple of days to keep up with it. Yeah, it's been a wild week. Uh, I'm sure everybody that's listening has at least heard about this at least a little. And that's that's what's honestly to me, it's not that well known. You don't think so? I mean, among people that don't keep up, watch the news regularly. Yeah. I don't know. Boomers even knew about it. Like I, my parents maybe, knew about maybe it. Maybe so. My parents knew, were like. Ask me about it. For you know? a few days, anyways, yeah. it seemed like people didn't know. But I think I think that's there's gauge a lot more people that know about it, but I don't know how much they know. That's yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they know like they know, what's know. really going yeah. on, but they're like they know something's going on with the stock market and GameStop. Yeah, and AMC. The interesting thing to me was that I think I first heard about it, I guess two Fridays ago, but the reporting on it was really spotty. It was almost just like, well, this is strange. It just shot mm-hmm. up, and even on Monday. It went up more, and they that's about, didn't seem to have an explanation. Monday for it. was when I first saw something about yeah. it, and kind of looked into it. It's like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, that the one that this Reddit's like buying the shorted stock. I thought that's cool. That's funny. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know it was gonna blow up. And I, I've I've been on Reddit for a while. I guess I, I never knew that there was a stock market mm-hmm. subreddit, and I think they ballooned from two million to five million people in yeah. one week. Yeah, they have. It's been kind of. Well, fun I'm, to I'm watch. sure there's probably some market trends. From watching, the, there's had to have an impact, right? You oh, could probably gain some insight. Yeah, they literally like. I guess a couple of the mods, when they say something, people just jump on it, which well, but, is one of the reasons Dogecoin went through the roof on Thursday. Yeah. But here's the thing that's most interesting about it to me is that it is a, um, it is another slight uh, populist revolution. Yeah. I mean, because you can read like I've kind of spent some time reading some of the reason like some of the posts from the people some of the people that are doing this and you know some people are doing it because they are trying to make some money or they're whatever but a lot of people that you're reading that are doing this oh yeah they're our age they're millennials a little older Mm -hmm. than us maybe more like your age BG right on that line and they were either screwed or their yep. parents were screwed yep. by the 08 the stuff the stuff in 08 with the bailouts Mark Cuban actually tweeted out one of the I guess letters that one of those guys yeah. had written and it was pretty powerful and like these people are doing it as a middle finger they're yeah. not just, they're holding it they don't even care if they lose they don't, money they don't care if they, they lose don't care it if it all goes to zero it is completely only a middle finger to the hedge funds it's amazing it is and I mean that is and it's post Trump see yeah. this is the interesting thing about the populist movement that we've been saying that you know people don't listen to is that you know i think we said it mm-hmm. i don't know when we said this a little while back and i think i stole this from somebody i'm sure but that trump was the dam he, he wasn't the river. right right yeah. the, the river is uh, trump is nobody's even talking about trump anymore yeah, yeah and this I'm is done. still going on these are the same people that got trump elected and honestly part of why trump didn't get elected in 2020 is because he didn't have the meme magic that he had in 2016 mm-hmm. and yeah. that we're seeing right now yeah. in 2021 with this already with the gamestop revolution is that this is meme magic back at it again this feels just like 2015 yeah it the does. stuff that's happening right now feels just like I mean when, I mean even boycotts massive boycotts like the remember the the Christian 90s boycotts none of those had any market impacts no. like this this is this is probably the first time I've ever seen someone decide for like a I guess a, an actual reasoning you know that they keeping physical stores around they actually screwed like screwed the stock market yep it's fascinating I mean it's it is it's fascinating I, I've there were there were I don't even remember which night it was. There was one night I got home and I we, we started watching some show 
And I, I think an hour into it, maybe it was a movie, an hour into it, I realized I hadn't been paying attention at all. My wife even said, like, do you even know what's happening in this movie? <laughs> and I was like, I've, I've just been scrolling yeah. for like an hour and a half. I can't get enough. I yeah. keep, I can't stop reading this. Yeah, it's, it's, um, that's that the part of mobilization, though, it, it, to me, it showed that, like, it, it doesn't even take that amount of crazy mobilization to do, to make a huge no. impact. No. That's been the most impressive thing mm-hmm. is, I guess I, I kind of rem- reminded of that scene in 300 where he, uh, I can't remember the king's name, but he, he throws the spear and makes the king bleed. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's, that's sort of what this yeah, felt this like. Yeah, this is just the beginning. Yeah. This is just the beginning. I mean, it's I'm not sure that they're going to win this battle. Yeah. Uh, but they, they are going to strike a blow regardless well that's kind of why it's like it feels like the 300 because they didn't win either right right but they they made a difference and it wasn't really as the, many people it as kind of shows it kind yeah. of, but it also kind of shows that if chris if christians actually decided to work together and mobilize that they could get massive things accomplished that's what we're working on mm-hmm. because i completely agree mm-hmm. and that's what we got to do i completely agree if we're going to take over it's going to it's going to have to be with that kind of and we're in Tech as good savvy, of, we're, we're in savvy. as good of a position as as any society on the marge on the you know in the minority has ever been, ever. Mm-hmm. To we're we're so well positioned to actually mm-hmm. accomplish something. But we won't as long as we're we don't actually pay attention to cult the cultural mandate of taking dominion, and we actually think that there's you know if you want to serve the Lord, then you go become a pastor rather than you can serve God in the marketplace, take over businesses in the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's that's I guess our current event uh, talk of the week. It's going to be an interesting story to keep following. We'll yeah. touch on it some more next week because it, I feel like I just, this is the beginning. I do too. I do too. And I just I mostly just wanted to mention that it was it's interesting because it is a it is another populist type movement without Trump, and that's yeah. that's the significant part is to prove the the point that this is not going away. What you're feeling in society now happening is not about Trump. No. Yeah. Trump was a tool being used, and he certainly was part of it, but he started nothing. Yeah. He started nothing, and he was really involved in nothing. He was just a pawn. Or, I don't know, he's not really a pawn because it's not like they were controlling him, but I mean, he he's was just— He's a narcissist, to me, in my opinion, he, an egotistical man who runs off of just impulse and was surrounded by the wrong people. Well, yeah, but and he figured out through that impulse how to win yeah. because this mm-hmm. was this movement was happening anyway, and he figured out how to capitalize on it. He rode the yeah. wave. Yeah, 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 and that's all it was. But he was not—you know, people are— too much associating him with the movement, and it's not. And yeah. I'm not even speaking about whether the movement's good or bad. I'm just saying it's out. It's happening. It's yeah. out there, and of course, it's happening worldwide too. It's not just in this country. Yeah. But well, supposedly, uh, even people because you know anybody can buy anything on the market now. People from Europe were actually helping. Yeah, Germany. I saw yeah. like some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's to me maybe the most that's, impressive that's part. I'm, yeah, that's right. I f- I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good point uh, because. That is true. Yeah. When America was asleep, Germany was the Germany was the watchdog for yeah. him. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. So anyway, that's our current event. We'll we'll touch. We'll come back around to that next. I week, also maybe. feel like I do need to touch on the fact that uh, when this happened, it, it, there was a concerted effort to make them look like bad guys. Yeah. Because the corporate press called them white supremacists. Yep. You had uh, Robin Hood. You had different trading platforms that shut them out of the ability to buy different stocks. You had one news network, CNBC. Uh, actually lie on air saying that the uh, hedge fund had already closed their positions out so there was no need to hold these any longer there was an absolute concerted effort to make these guys look bad yeah which that's market manipulation let's talk about that next week yeah because i want to let another week roll out and see what what shakes out from all this because that that part especially is just the beginning like i saw the sec say last night that 
people will be punished for their market manipulation, and yeah. they were totally talking about Robin Hood. Yeah. So I want to give it another week and see what what so shakes ironic, from that. It? Yeah, it is. It's seriously. How can you? If you, you you literally know, the, make your money you make a large amount of your money running the these. matrix thing i mean listen oh, this us week being was in a, a simulation banner week for the simulation is just <laughs> you know they the gamestop is power to the players so they used gamestop stock and their slogan to give power back to the players the people the gamers on reddit yeah. right and literally the name of the business stops the game yes, like stop the, the game stops the game they did it with an app called robin hood <laughs> <laughs> which is about stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. It's incredible. Okay. It's really hard, honestly. It is. I'm freaking out a little bit. I know. Because I have chill bumps right now. <laughs> the matri- the simulation thing is really starting to have a lot more Do you credence, think that began so. with the ma- with a meme? Do you think? What's that? The, the whole idea about going after GameStop and all this. Do you think it be- came out of humor? It started on that. Re- yeah, I'm sure it started on that Reddit. I'm sure there was part of it that was serious, too. Yeah. You know, I think that they... I think some of the smart people on there literally did see, okay, look, yeah. all these hedge funds are, and they just figured it out, they're shorting these stocks. And so if we will concert it, if we'll make a concerted effort to buy and hold, we can hold long enough that they'll get screwed. And it's that they can make money off of that. And so I don't necessarily think it was a joke in that way as much as it was a real, you know, analytical mm-hmm. uh, decision. But uh, anyway, so... But it was a populist analytical decision, and that's see that's what's interesting is that you can't pull it off without cooperation from mm-hmm. people that you don't even know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but anyway. So, uh, but what we wanted to touch on in the um, intro, we actually got some feedback from our last episode, which we were really excited about. We had a lot. We had to choose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what. I, sorry, that's what I meant to say. We had a lot of feedback. We had to sort through. Uh, we we really were excited to get a little bit of. Uh, I mean, it was it was nice, a little bit of uh, pushback or questions about what we talked about, and so uh, we actually had somebody send us a voicemail with a, a, a follow up question to um, our topic last week. So, BG, why don't you play that for us now? Hey guys, this is Lyle Walker out of Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, good podcast, really good discussion on um, anarchy. I have one thing I'd like for you guys to. Uh, kind of flesh out a little bit more early on in the podcast episode. It was mentioned that you know to be and to believe in anarchy, you have to believe in the goodness of man. That, that each man will make a um, decision based on what's not just best for them, but for other people as well. And I just feel like, based on my own understanding of the Bible, the depravity of man, that we know that each uh, the heart of man or mankind is mostly selfish that it looks out for itself if yeah there are a few instances where that's not true but mostly we, we care about ourselves so i would like for y'all just to discuss that in more detail and how that wouldn't eventually play itself out long term and be a negative for anarchy and why we really need a democracy or a government in the first place thanks guys bye thank you for the question we really appreciate it very good question um definitely makes a lot of sense I guess I can speak for us. If mm-hmm. if we gave if we gave the indication that we have a non depravity of man view of mankind, then we did not mean to give that impression because we one hundred percent agree in total depravity uh, of man. Um, we believe that mankind is inherently selfish, and especially apart from Christ, our motivations can only be sinful. That's it; can only be mm-hmm. selfish in that way. But that does not mean that our motivations cannot benefit someone else with that and also still be sinful and also still be selfish um so at least i'll kind of cover what i want to cover about mm-hmm. this and let you guys chip in Sounds whenever good. you want to but 
I actually think that anarchy is based on a lower view of mankind than democracy is. See, because democracy is based on this idea that we can elect leaders who will then unselfishly serve you and not make selfish decisions when presented with them. So if a, if a, let's say we elect somebody and he is able to secretly take lobbyist money and you and the voters never know about it, okay, then why, with again, with us having a low view of man, why would we want to set up a system that incentivizes someone to secretly pull things off that are selfish for them and do not benefit their constituents? Mm-hmm. That would happen all the time. He'll do just enough to benefit his constituents or to appear that he benefits his constituents, but he will always be looking out for himself first and foremost, which is to me why democracy is flawed in and of itself. All right, and that doesn't even have to be in secret. I mean, no, the lobbying, the lobbying stuff happens out in the open. Whereas anarchy is based on a system that allows for, I think, man's inherent selfishness to actually benefit each other, or at least live peacefully with each other while not agreeing with each other at all. Because in democracy, we're basically saying if the vote is split fifty-one percent to forty-nine percent then the 51% gets to tell the other 49% what to do all the time. All right, that is not going to lead itself to a good uh, society, especially if you're talking about people that are inherently selfish. If you win, you're going to act like a winner, and you're going to you know, you're gonna, uh, enforce your winning ways onto the losers, even if it's a very, very small split, right? That's going to happen. And so... I think that anarchy is actually a way for us, for the inherent selfishness to keep from interfering with each other's lives. And the best example that I can think of to give this would be, let's say that I have Verizon as my phone carrier and you have AT&T BG. All right, so we make a phone call together or we, and like you pay your bill to AT&T, I pay my bill to Verizon. We, we talk to each other on the phone. We text each other. I have no idea who foots that bill, right? I mean, when I right. call you, Whose whose towers are we using? Who who foots the bill? Like who's paying? I mean, they're working it out somehow, and, and I have no idea. But I'm being selfish. BG is being selfish. AT and T's being selfish, and Verizon's being selfish. And through all of that selfishness, they figured out a way to work that transaction out. And the best part is, we don't even have to know the details. I don't have to know who foots that bill. They don't even tell us. It doesn't matter because all that matters is that the service works, that the product works, and they have massive amounts of incentive to get these things to work. You know, so they need to cooperate. Yeah, and if there's if they're too selfish, you have the option to go with a different company. Yeah, and it doesn't mean they won't battle it out from time to time, but we don't ever. A lot of times, we don't even yeah. know that that's going on. You know, and so they're able to. You know, I think that the selfishness is the best way for um, you know, us to all coexist while not agreeing about things at all. I think this is a good point to also think about the, bo- the book of Judges. Depending on your book of Judges, um, some people would say that the, pe- the Judges are just these evil people, and then the people of Israel also happen to be evil. But you know, I think we, at least uh, me and Presby Bard have talked about this, that we believe that the judges are just expressions of how evil the people had become, right? So so then, what does that tell us about how government works biblically? It means that the people's evil manifests itself in the leadership, right? So if you don't, 
you, if so, he's talking about approaching it from a biblical worldview, and I agree with him. But we also don't have to. We have to take into the consideration that the person who's ruling is also a corrupt, evil human being. And do you want to give that much power to someone who's totally depraved? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's just you can if you examine it through the lens, you know, both ways. Yeah, I actually, like I said, yeah. so that goes back to what mm-hmm. we were saying at the beginning. I actually think that democracy has a higher view of man than anarchy mm-hmm. because it's saying that you can trust some elected official to mm-hmm. then have this massive amount of authority over you, you know, and they're completely, mm-hmm. they are completely unaccountable. And ju- and ju- On the federal level, mm-hmm. they are completely unaccountable and judges to judges at least teaches us that government doesn't corrupt people. People corrupt the leaders. People corrupt the leadership. Yeah, and I think especially the way that, that the, and we, I guess we should have talked about this last time, but especially the way that the Constitution has been amended over time it has just been more and more and more of a federal power mm-hmm. grab. So, you know, the reason that they're unaccountable to us now on that note is uh, take the House of Representatives, for example. It was always intended to be a direct, uh, there were supposed to be a certain number of representatives per people in the United mm-hmm. States. Well, eventually it just got capped at 435. Yeah. It was supposed to be usually one representative per certain thousand representatives. At one point, I think it was 30. 30,000? Now Before it's like seven, seven, yeah. 770,000. At one time it was even less than 30. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And so what it, the way it was intended was that you should be able to know who your representative is. Basically, I think I've this was maybe a few, four, I don't know, actually whew, longer than that. It's probably like 10 years ago that I did the math on this. And if you kept the the same original House of Representatives breakdown per, per uh, capita, we would have somewhere around like um, the House of Representatives would be like eleven thousand members, yeah. okay. and which is exactly what it should be because the point of the House of Representatives was to be yeah. not very efficient at passing laws and growing in power. You were supposed to be able to know directly your representative and be able to like go to their house and say, "Why did you vote for this thing?" You know, you're you're represented to me. I mean, most people and most people have not even ever met a federal representative yeah. or senator, like a federal elected official, never met them. No, they're untouchable. Yeah, and so so anyway, all of this stuff has been done with the worst of intentions and power grabs, and we're supposed to just go, "Well, they'll still serve us well." And they'll still serve us unselfishly, even though they have no account, no real accountability, and uh, no no real way to feel blowback from us as yeah. quote unquote voters. And I, I whereas think, in anarchy, you can keep making the choice. Sorry to cut yeah, you off. Yeah, no, I think I think too. It depends on, uh, I guess, the perspective that you have of your elected official. Like some people still have this noble view, where like maybe in the early days your elected leaders, I'm talking like in the 1700s, your elected leaders, they came in office to serve the law. Whereas now they come into office to serve their, I'm putting this in quotation marks, serve their constituents. That's right. And that's a huge difference in the way that we think that they, that they're supposed to be versus how they actually are. Yeah, that's a good point. And I promise you that we will touch on this topic later on. So usually the question that gets asked about this is what about security, you know, police, Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. And I promise that topic is coming it just needs to be one of the last ones that we talk about because there's some other bridges we feel like we need to cross first. But but it's a logical question, and I understand why people. It's one of the first things people usually want to know. But just as a little bit of a teaser, you know what we're saying through this is that this would even manifest itself into you being able to choose who provides you security, 
just the way that you just the way that you choose who provides you your cell phone service and all of these people will work it out together and we will we'll talk about that but it relates because the we actually believe that this is the way for inherent selfishness really the only way i think for inherent selfishness to work out best for freedom mm-hmm. because in the way we have it now inherent selfishness leads to a lot of conflict of interest in regards to how our security is provided and so when people act selfishly in the system that's currently set up they will actually do things that are against freedom as opposed to pro freedom and that would not happen in an anarchic and anarchic i've never used the word that way in an anarchy type system so Anyway, that's we will definitely cover security. That's one of them, and we're going to touch on some more of this in our main topic this week. But mm-hmm. um, felt like it was a good, good I question was gonna, to yeah, address. Yeah, I think that'll be better served, saved for the security episode. Yeah, but anyway, we just wanted to at least address that question. It's a good question, and we certainly yeah. believe in total depravity of man. We, we you know we're all a bunch of Calvinists here, so mm-hmm. uh, we don't want to. If we said that that way, we apologize. That was not what we meant. Um, in regards to anarchy, we might have meant that in regards to democracy. I'll have to go back and listen. Or to, capitalism. That, yeah. That bad decisions end up benefiting. Yeah. So if, if we said that anarchy leads itself or anarchy is dependent on a higher view of man, we apologize. That is not what we meant. I'll have to go back and see where we said that and correct that. Not but, bad decisions, rather selfish decisions. Yeah. yeah. So we apologize. But great question. Keep them coming. If anybody else has a question um, about anything we talk about in this episode, you can leave us a message. You can leave us a. You can always DM us on Twitter, but the way we love to do it would be for you to leave us a voice message on Anchor, and we'll put a link in the show notes um, on this page, and you can you can just leave a voice message just like Lyle did. Lyle um, did for us, and we're very appreciative. And hopefully, we'll get some more of them down the road. And Lyle, you're welcome to to fire back with a counter question. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. and we're going to try to cover these in the intro um, in future episodes while we're on this topic. And I got to be honest, it. it it feels nice to have a, a question. It does. It's it a really lot of fun. Does. It I mean, is. We would love, I mean, and we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. we would absolutely love to have people come on that are up for a friendly debate on these sorts of things. I mean, we're not just trying to be an echo chamber here. This should be one that plenty of people would have disagreement with. Yeah, I would I would series. love to have that. It's just hard to get people to, I don't really know that many people that I completely disagree with that also want to come on, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. I'm close enough with that also yeah. want to yeah. come on a, a podcast. So we're definitely open to that. And this is kind of a way for us to do that is for people to ask these questions. Um, we especially love questions that start with a compliment, just like Lyle did. So if you want to start that way, we, <laughs> we really love that. Uh, but no, seriously, we would love it. So continue to, to ask us things and, and push us, push back on, on what you think you disagree with and, and we'll address it. We're not, we would love to do that. So, Mm-hmm. All right, I used to get to do this for fun all the time, you know, in the good old days like mm-hmm. college. Now you don't you don't get much, so I I'm I would love it. All right, anything else? I think that's it on this segment. Yeah, no song of the week either. No song of the week this week. We were the last week's was just such a complete disaster. We just we decided to just skip it. We're just abandoning the whole thing. I apologize for how harsh I was about the song of the week last week. I listened back and I wasn't proud of myself. <laughs> I wasn't proud of myself. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, they'll get over it. Yeah. But I wasn't proud of myself. I need to apologize publicly. <laughs> Your hardest doesn't feel the need to. No. Uh, no. I mean, actually, I've listened to that song a little bit this week, so I feel like, you know, I don't know. You kind of dig it I don't know it what now. that means. Uh, it's growing on me. <laughs> oh, there you go. Look at him. 
It's okay. Throwing you can them. like yeah, it. You yeah, can yeah. like things that I don't yeah. like. It's fine. I don't like that band. I'll tell you that because it goes from like them to a girl singing, and it's just like it, I, there's no cohesion. It yeah, seems there's like, no cohesion in that from song to song. And and I said this last time. Uh, I I didn't hate it. It it was it was something that was easy to listen to and not think about. Was what it felt like. Yeah, I definitely would say that I didn't hate it. It yeah. reminds me of that. Uh, it reminds me of the community episode. Um, whenever. Um, what's his name is doing the they're doing the Karate Kid play with Chang and, and Annie yeah. and he's like I don't have strong feelings yeah. <laughs> or what does he say he goes on this thing where he's like he's like you don't you, I don't have strong feelings towards things that don't make me feel anything you know I'm not gonna hit you and it's not because it's illegal and it's certainly not because I'm afraid you know karate because there is nothing about your performance that is believable see we only hit things that affect us. I don't hit water or old mayonnaise or the air, and I'm not hitting you. That's kind of how I feel about yeah. the song. I don't even hate it. I don't have it. Makes doesn't make me feel anything. Yeah. You know, if I hated it, that would at least be saying something because it was enough art to make me feel something. It doesn't even make me feel anything. I've I just rewatched while I was laid up in bed with a back injury. I was I rewatched like all of uh, season six of Community. It's it's I think it's the best one. It, the 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 thing I think I'm the most upset about is that Elroy was not in season five. The and best four character. And, the best. Uh, whenever the they're having the uh, the Goopty Goopta episode yeah. and he walks into the thing in his 2015 shirt and he comes in and goes, "How's everybody doing?" I asked a damn question, <laughs> real quick like that. <laughs> it's so good. He he's a great character. He is. He's so good. Anyway, all right. Let's let's quit talking about community. We do this every episode. Can't help it. Yeah. Well, you know what? This podcast, it's a symphony. It is. You never you know what, what you pay getting. for, folks. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of pay for, we'd like to mm-hmm. take this time to thank our sponsors, Minnetonka Moccasins. Been there for since the beginning. Are no. you wearing Gerard? You wearing I am some right now? Right now, I'm GB, wearing, you wearing, still wearing mine. Shoes, I'm sorry, BG, you wearing yeah, I'm some? Still wearing them. Me too, fellas. Three for three. We've all got them on. They're fantastic. They're comfortable. Go get them. Use code guest twenty. Guest twenty for every walk of life. Minnetonka Moccasins. That's right. All right, let's move on to our next topic. <laughs> Time for our topic of the week. This week we. Uh, are continuing on our uh, mini series, I guess you would call it, on anarchy, and what that would look like. Can I say this one caveat as mm-hmm. a beginning? Because I I feel like I'm going to say this a lot if I don't go ahead and just say it now. All right, one of my big beefs with talking about this thing in general, whenever I've had these discussions with uh, discussions with other people in the past, is that typically the counter arguments that you that people give you or the 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 questions they'll ask you, the pushback they'll they'll ask you is they want you to set up a utopia. Mm-hmm. They want you to say, well, under anarchy, how will you stop murder? Yeah. <laughs> well, you won't stop murder. But what we are going to say is that anarchy is going to be the best system if your goal is freedom. And let me make that clear as well. If your goal is freedom, mm-hmm. if your primary goal is freedom, then anarchy is going to be your best system for this. It will not be perfect. So a lot of times, the, again, it'll take things yeah. that like, you know, our current system does not solve and say, well, how are you going to solve that problem? As though it's comparing it to something that already has this figured out. It's like, what are you going to do about mass incarceration? Yeah, like that's not already a problem. Yeah. I don't know, but it'll be better. And I'll show you how it's going to be better than it is. I'm not sure that murder will go to zero. 
but we will get things closer to where we want them to be. Well, that feeds into our first question. Oh, well, good. I didn't even mean for it to. (laughs) So there you go. So we thought this week we're going to basically talk about, try to, I guess you'd say, give a primer on economy, on, on how the economy would work. And Again, bear with us because we're we're going to spend quite a few episodes doing this, and hopefully we'll get some questions and feedback that'll help us kind of continue to evolve and guide this discussion. But mm-hmm. so we're not going to talk on everything in two weeks, but we thought we would start to talk about uh, how economy would work, how um, I guess you would say commerce mm-hmm. really um, would work under anarchy. And Gearhardus is going to kind of I think. Just ask questions, maybe? Right. Just kind of from the point of view of maybe someone that hasn't made their mind up yet on what they think about this. How how do you think a capital, a full, full-on capitalistic economy, um, how would you say that that's not utopian, like Marxism? Apparently, one of the most frequently asked questions is, isn't it just another utopian yeah. idea? It's only utopian in the sense that it is the best that we can hope for. It's not utopian in the sense that it's perfect. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on what people mean by utopian. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't or mean un, perfect. Un, so, I guess the maybe the caveat being, do you think this is something that's like it's a great idea, but it's not implementable? Oh, I see. Which, oh, mm-hmm. okay. You're talking about in like the way people right. euphemistically. Like, people, like, like I've had the conversation with people, and they'll say something along as the a lines deri- of like, "Well, if you could get all that to work out, then I agree with you." Yeah, but derisively, not, they'll yes, say, "Oh, that's yes. just a utopian view." I mm-hmm. see what you're saying. Well, the reason is because we we actually do let this quote-unquote utopia exist in several other areas of our life, just not in the area of security and defense, mm-hmm. uh, which is where government takes over. And then they have to... T- the, everything comes from the government. Governments have to have a monopoly on the use of violence, mm-hmm. okay? A, a monopoly on the use of force. That's what government is. I guess we probably should have started with that if we... We may have talked about this already, but government as it's, you know, the, the technical definition of government is that it is a monopoly on the use of violence meaning that they can use violence on you you can't use violence on the government as a as an example in our nation you cannot criminally sue the government right right you can civilly sue the government for money but you can't criminally sue the government which means that if the police kill somebody in your family you are not allowed to sue them for the death penalty. Right. The state has to sue them for the death penalty, okay? Yeah. So the state holds the monopoly on the use of force, on the use of mm-hmm. violence. All right. And they react that way no matter the crime. If, yeah. you, if you steal from a bank, you might get you know a few years. If you steal from the federal government, it's always more severe. Yeah, but Every even, crime the, is that way. even that, if the, it's, still, it's still the use of violence because and the use of force. But everything yeah. is at the point of a gun because if you try to break mm-hmm. out of jail— They'll like at the end of the day they would shoot you like if you just continue to take it down its logical yeah. course. And that's where some of the some of the extreme rhetoric around theft and taxation comes from is because we're saying you know if this if you if I failed to pay this tax someone would come to my house at gun and make me pay the tax. Exactly. So that's like what at we the mean. The logical by, end of it. Eventually, you would get to a point where you'd either get thrown in jail if you try to run from jail. They would shoot you. You know, mm-hmm. there eventually it is at the point of a gun, mm-hmm. and so that is the monopoly on the use of violence, and so government starts with the monopoly on violence they have to be able to, to be the ones that use force and from that they are able to spread their tentacles of overreach into things like taxation into things you know all this other mm-hmm. stuff but it all comes from defense they say that they right. are allowed to do this because they will provide you with security yeah it all starts as a security thing it all starts there and again we will cover how security would be handled mm-hmm. by the market later on uh, in another episode 
But for this one, what was your original question? I'm sorry. It was just, just how is it not how is it not a utopian system that's not implementable? So like I said, um, we already have this quote unquote utopia in other markets. So if you view security as a market, just like you view insurance as a market, like fire insurance as a market, life insurance as a market, you view uh, education as a market, you view, you know, groceries as a market, all of these are markets, right? Just to different goods that are transacted. Um, well, we have a anarchic system in a lot of other markets, just not in the market of security mm-hmm. and in the courts yet. See, so we have that utopia in the example I gave in our intro of cell phones. We have that. They interact with each other, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint. They interact with each other, and we just have to pay our bill to them, and they figure out all the stuff in between, how they're going to cooperate with each other. That's anarchy right there. And also, you can look at the one of the ways that I've heard Malice, Michael Malice talk about um, he sees society splitting up as you look at, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before you look at the dating sites, you know, when it started, it was just, okay, Cupid, there was just like one. And now there's a different dating site for every single, like tiny mm-hmm. yeah. difference, Ethnicity, like farmers only, yeah. you know, uh, black people meet, you know, there's like all these very, very specific, specific Christian mingle, you know, Jude. Really? Mm-hmm. There yeah, you go. J-date, J-date. Okay, see, there yeah. you go. So you got all these different ones. Well, that's the way this stuff is going to go. You know, it's going to find its own mm-hmm. its own market. And so we have these utopian, anarchic markets available in other areas. We just don't have it in the courts or in defense, those sorts of things. Yeah, where you, the government you see has it in, you know, if you need a handyman around the house, you'll find, you'll ask your friends, you'll ask around on Facebook, whatever you got. Typically, you'll find somebody who's not licensed, who has no connection, who has no actual means by which to report their income. It's completely unregulated, and that's the way most people would prefer to do it anyway. Yep. Completely outside mm-hmm. the system. A lot of the first couple questions deal with transitioning because, um, well, in our you day, need to tell yeah, us in, yeah, in our day, that's a loaded <laughs> term, I guess. <laughs> the question is, how would we transition to an economy without government? So we're, we're limiting ourselves to the economy. Do you go to some form of minarchy first, or do you have to go go cold turkey? I'll be honest with you. This is this is something that um, is a very good question. It's a very common question that I, I've gotten when we talk about this. And I also feel like it's an unfair question. Right. That's um, kind of what you were alluding to earlier. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know how the transition's going to work. I don't know what the best way to move from A to B is, just like... We didn't, we, I mean, nobody has known the best way to move from A to B in many, many other areas. Ever. (laughs) In a lot of things. Yeah. But you have to let it work out on its own. And again, remember, our goal here is is maximum amounts of freedom. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal, is the most freedom possible. So if we were trying to achieve... And by what we define freedom? Individual liberty, autonomy, autonomy. Mm -hmm individual liberty the the ability to do what you want with your life with your own life let me ask you this at one time we like had, democracy sorry mm-hmm. to cut you off before mm-hmm. we go to that keep okay. that thought though yes yeah, like democracy it- provides a certain amount of freedom monarchy provides a certain amount of freedom all of them provide a certain amount of autonomy and what i believe is a great goal for mankind is a maximum amount of maximum amount of autonomy for for each individual and so i think anarchy provides the most amount i I referenced this last week not everybody's goal or you know not everybody thinks that the best goal for society should be freedom some people think it should be that's what i was about to ask is how is that uh 
is it necessarily good that freedom would be the highest virtue or, or, or is that not what you're saying? I'm not saying freedom is the highest mm. virtue, but I think freedom is the um, best way for a mass amount of people who inevitably will not agree to mm-hmm. coexist peacefully. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it does. So that my goal, I guess I, I don't know where we would have to draw out where the actual bottom end goal is. Maybe my goal is uh, peaceful, mm-hmm. you know, um, coexistence. I, I don't know. But I think that freedom is the best way for people who do not, who will inevitably disagree to coexist peacefully. But so, you, but you're not saying in that that the individual is the ultimate authority. No, 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 not no. But the individual is able to decide for themselves who their authority is. I mean, Absolutely. in at least their own mind, they they can. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, if you want to talk theologically, mm-hmm. we don't. But at least in their own mind, they are they have the ability to not ha- to not be restricted by some other sovereign. To serve what they want to serve, right? Yeah, if that makes sense. And just because we don't believe in, I mean, that that's I understand that there probably would be pushback on that, but still, yeah. But I'm trying not to get too in the weeds theologically. I'm talking about we are definitely talking about living in a um, secular society. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're definitely talking about that. I mean, I guess not to get too down the road on the topic, and maybe in another series, we another episode, we can talk about this. But in anarchy, there would be a way for Christians to live under a, the- a theocracy. Yes. If they wanted to. Right. And I think we should go there eventually, but Yeah. So eschatology has a lot to do with That's a possibility. Hopeful, but I think a lot of people would listen to the claims we're making and say that we're we have an unreal like like what was level, levied earlier is that we have an unrealistic hu- view about human nature, but it's more that we have a more we have a optimistic view of God's action in history. But in I don't moving. think I don't think you have to have an optimistic view of of human nature to think that the best way for people to coexist is to be able to let them act selfishly because most people at the end of the day are trying to stay alive Mm -hmm. so think about it people make people that are go off and die for a country there they would normally not make that decision that the government getting involved is what's making them make that decision so they're not even dying for anybody they know you know, so I might would die for somebody that I'm actually trying to serve, but then they make again. We talked about this last week. The government's success was making the gov the state God. Yes, right, and we so a, f- a pseudo religion. Yeah, okay. so that you would then go die for that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so the ideal of the American. Generally speaking, most people are always trying to not die. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. That's why we make money. That's why we make a living and put food on. We're trying to not die. We're trying to survive, and so that's a selfish motive in and of itself, trying to survive. And I think that anarchy sets up for a way for people to all be acting on that same motive and get cooperation without being forced to cooperate mm-hmm. with each other. Right. I agree. I interrupted you a while back. <laughs> I hope that you held on to, the, to what you were saying. Yeah, I, I probably had a few uh, comments on what you just said, but I kept intentionally repeating what I was going to say in my head so I didn't forget <laughs> it. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. I would, I would respond to that question with this question. Um, for centuries the main mode of transportation was a horse until one day cars came along and we just kind of figured it out. It just, the market decided what was the best way to do it and they figured it out. And at some point cars are going to go away, uh, whether or not it's, or at least human driven cars are going to go away. And you, we've already kind of seen that. And 20 years ago, they asked the same question. Well, how's that going to work? Well, how are electric cars that people don't drive going to work? And innovation. Innovation, just, you're saying. The market's figured the mar- it out. The market fears it. And exactly. we haven't actually been specific about that, that we're talking about anarcho-capitalism, you know, 
not communism, not socialism. Yeah, and that's what I, I mean. I guess that's the answer to that question: is you know, wh- wh- how how's that going to work? I mean, the market figures it out, which it seems to have. And the You're market right. is just a collection of individuals. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's all it is. Making the selfish is, decisions that end up inevitably helping one another. But also, I, that's exactly but right. but that also makes it sound like there we're not being intentional with the 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 like where we're getting our morality from. Like I would I would actually say the like scripture commends limited government the free market is uh owes owes itself to you know reform reformation ideas of yeah. everyone taking their job seriously doing everything that they do to the glory of god and actually bringing finance under the rule of christ because that's what you um that's what max weber at least the sociologist saw when he wrote the book um calvinism and this the uh, protestant yeah. work ethic Calvinism, with its worldview thinking of every job, not some jobs being spiritual, but every job being spiritual, is what de- what led to the modern, um, essentially all these advances in technology and stuff. That's exactly right, and that's the thing is that all what this lends us again. Remember, anarchy is simply defined as the the absence of government, and what we mean by that is the absence on the monopoly on the use of force. Okay. So it doesn't mean that there won't be certain cultures that will set themselves up with court systems, with all these sorts of things, but there will not be a monopoly on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, there will not be a monopoly. And so, you know, just like with, could be, honestly, it would be one of the ways that it could work itself out is that, you know, you could have, you could be submitting yourself to, I mean, look at the way Presbyterian polity works now. Mm-hmm. You know, you actually are supposed to be a member of that polity now and subject yourselves yourself willingly to that court mm-hmm. and to that court system right and you have you know the way at least presbyterianism is set up you have several levels of of appeal in the in those courts so you know let's say something happens i'm brought under discipline i can appeal and then i can appeal again basically until it's finally decided well when it's decided i have one of two choices to make i can either be exiled be excommunicated or I can fall under discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, I can take the discipline and be reinstated. That's very similar to how a society would work under anarchy. Mm-hmm. You willingly, you contractually submit yourself to a certain culture, to a lot of things. And, and this may not be the way it works out. You know, that's the other thing that I hate about having answers. Well, yeah. how is this going to look? Not really sure. There's yeah. a lot of ways that it, and it's not because I don't have a good answer. It's because there are literally a million ways that it could work out. But that's potentially one of the ways that it could work out. Mm-hmm. Anything else next, on that question? Next question. So I'm going to skip down to, is an unregulated market biblical? So this is a question that I've wrestled with. Shouldn't sinfully, I put sinfully abominable goods, so I put services like pornography or prostitution, should those things be unregulated? That's the question. Depends on what you mean by regulation. What do you mean by that? Unregulated. So, so in in uh, should should people? I guess if they're not put unregulated simple, right should... now. Think about it. They're not unregulated right now. That's why I reject that. Oh, okay, I kind of reject. I kind of reject the question in its essence is because. They're... No, I'm saying even pornography now. Like pornography put, now. Put, would you say it's regulated or unregulated? Oh, it's highly regulated in the United States, right? Wouldn't I'm or. Not highly regulated, rather, but, I mean, government has its hands in it. It's not necessarily... How is it regulated? I just assume there's probably copyrights and stuff. I don't know. But I'm just saying you can freely... It's, you right, can freely right, get it right. anywhere you want mm-hmm. to. So I'm saying that it's it's pretty much completely unregulated. So, so I guess I'm presupposing, like, 
that we're we're changing systems. So if we're building a system, eventually, if you were in the in, in the system, you would have to answer the question of should should people be allowed to sell every good, or or be allowed to exchange exchange currency for any service? You will not have to be a part of any culture that you don't agree with. So if you don't want, if you think that that pornography is a is immoral and should not be allowed at all and should be punishable then there there will be a society out there for you to coexist in a culture i mean you we we do this now anyway <laughs> right mm-hmm. so like we okay the three of us exist in a culture that would view uh pornography as not okay mm-hmm. but if we didn't have the government allowing it we actually could outlaw it mm-hmm. if we wanted but we can't we can't outlaw it Right, we can only sort of outlaw it in our culture. Take like our church. Let's say our church is our culture, just as an example. We can outlaw it, but we can't make sure that you don't do it, okay. that you don't consume it. And I agree with you, but that sounds to me, it sounds like more of a, a an argument for limited government than it does for no government. Why? Because I because you're saying that there still could be a smaller, let's call it a governing authority and not a government, but a governing authority that regulates those things. In an anarchist system, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Not, there's going to be courts. There's going to be courts. There's going to be security. Churches. There's going to be defense. There's going to be all sorts of things because mm-hmm. those are market goods. Security is a good in the mm-hmm. market. It wants like that is that is a there's there is supply and there is demand for security. Even now, even with the government, there is supply and there is demand for all sorts of things right i think this this goes back to the main misconception of anarchy as in people just assume that it's a bunch of people running around crazy and chaotic it, it goes back to the social contract yeah. there no longer will be a social contract that you didn't sign yeah there will be a literal contract that you did sign yeah <laughs> to submit yourself to something and it will be a trade-off it will be a it will be a willful trade-off that you have made just like whenever you spend your money on something. You are wi- Okay, mm-hmm. right now is a good example. Nobody is forcing you to have, well, some people, okay, no, this is a good example. Nobody is by law forcing you to have home insurance when you buy a home. Okay, mm-hmm. that's, right. not a, that's not a law. Nobody makes you have fire insurance, but who does make you have fire insurance? The insurance people who company. buy, who, has yeah. your, who yeah. hold your mortgage. See that? So mm-hmm. that you have to have security for your home because you owe those people money. Now, if you own your home outright, nobody makes you have insurance. Nobody forces you to have that security. It's more of a good business decision. Yeah, it might point. just be what you want to do because you're willing, you know, you think that that's the right decision. Or you might not hold it because you've done the math and you think it's not a good decision. There's people that do that. Yeah. Um, so, you see By what I'm saying? contrast, though, mm-hmm. with automobiles, you are required. And it forces a fake market. Yes. So, but you aren't required to have, um, well, at least in our state, you are not required to have full coverage. Uh, full coverage. Yeah. You're not required to have comprehensive and collision. You're just required to have liability. Yeah. The reason being, again, that they can justify that. I think I've covered this before. They can justify that because they have made a law that requires hospitals to treat people mm-hmm. that come in there. So they can say, see, if you have a wreck and you hurt somebody, they're going to go to the hospital, and then the hospital is going to have to treat them, and then tax money is going to have to go to to help pay mm-hmm. for that. So, therefore, you have to do your part in making sure. See, so it all comes from giving them anything at all. Yep. Even these sort of what sounds like a benevolent law is not a benevolent law. It's actually going to be more more overreach. 
but the full coverage part is not right. If you want to, if you want to go buy a car and you pay cash for it, right, and you don't you have a payment, and that's fine. You don't have to. That's your risk, you know. But if you want that insurance, you pay contractually. You make an agreement that or they the will bank do this. might require you to have. Yeah, if you yeah, have yeah, a loan, yeah. they do. See, so, but the government never has to get involved in that in insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, because these are all agreements Which that is companies make. Which is kind of interesting because people hate on that model, the insurance model. But insurance is actually a pretty highly uh, esteemable, in my opinion. Uh, it's it's a good endeavor. People hate. It's one of those things. It's people hate it the same way they hate exercise. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> they just hate it because they it's uncomfortable and they wish that they didn't have to do it, but they know that it's probably the right decision overall, and they can't get out. They can't get away from it. It's like eating well and exercising. It's like I really wish I didn't have to do those things. It's uncomfortable to do them, but you know that's part of the fall. Like we need insurance as part of the fall. Just mm-hmm. is what it is. You know we have tornadoes, we have fires, we have all these natural disasters. We have people on the roads who hit us with their cars, and so that's all part of the fall. Bad things happen to us, so we have to have ways to counteract that. You know it sucks. You know I get you get fat if you eat. Don't you think? I think that- pre-fall that probably wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Yeah, and it also I think it comes it, not to get too far off on a tangent, but it also to me stems from a um, a lack of a belief that somehow the Bible declares wealth as inherently wrong. Yeah, like, that's just that, not that true. It's not true. But yeah. wealth is looked upon positively in Scripture. You know, you yep. can point to a couple of passages. But anyways, how do pe- this is one you're going to love? How do people protect their ideas and inventions without patents and copyrights? I do love this one, as a matter because, of fact. Okay, so here's the argument. I'm, you know, uh, the person would say, I, I totally believe in free markets, but but how do you protect people that have good entrepreneurial ideas, um, not having those ideas robbed and stolen from them? Go make something, bro. Ideas are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't get paid for ideas, and the, the only reason you get paid for ideas is because governments create a fake market where you get paid for ideas. You get paid for what you produce. Okay, so let's change it. What about uh, pa- patents on an invention? Someone did build something. You know, it's a I don't know a Pringles can. Mm-hmm. You know how how do they not get that? good idea? Yeah, how do they make them? Someone, Why should so imitation so you, is not necessarily wrong? No, look at the fashion industry. The fashion industry is the best place where this is the case, where there is almost no regulation on, because you can't you can't patent like you can't patent colors and patterns and things like that. You you can't do it. Mm-hmm. They don't let you. And look, fashion changes all the time, mm-hmm. and it innovates. It gets better and better and better all the time. The reason is because there is no intervention through patents. In originality, I guess the argument could be made that originality is not necessarily the highest thing that we should be. It's like the same people that think that you should get paid for your trademark or your brand, they don't think that one person should get paid for every chair that gets made. (laughs) Think about it. It's like, like, well, it's not this, you know, nobody thinks that there's one person in the world who came up with the first chair that should be getting paid still for every different iteration of chairs that are made. But they do think that if I put my logo on something, my Mm -hmm. brand, that I should get paid every single time that somebody makes a shirt with that thing on it. No, that's not how it works. You make the shirt, and you need to make a good enough shirt that people want to buy it. So that what I'm seeing there is almost a desire for an unhealthy desire for wealth at that point, because you're saying that you want you want to be satisfied not with actually working actively in this moment to dynamically create more things. You want to set back and capitalize on a one-time transaction. And the 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 dirty world of patents that people don't understand. They think that patents protect the little guy, but they 100% don't. When you really get into what happens with a lot of these patents, especially 
um, as as legal experts have gotten involved in patents, is that people buy up a bunch of patents and what on they don't do anything with them. They just wait till somebody violates them and yep. then sue the crap out yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. And so the this actually the reason that's such a good example why I love when people bring that one up is because you can just do a little bit of research on what happens with patents and and the way that things just don't get made. They just hold patents and intentionally, like I said, wait till somebody does it, sue them, and they get millions off of it actually shows you mm-hmm. how patents keep innovation from happening. They actually only help the people who have enough money to litigate patents. They don't help people who might actually want to hold one because it's extremely expensive. And this is all mm-hmm. from our court system, which is a monopoly. Again, you have no way to arbitrate mm-hmm. this except through the monopoly court system that's set up now through the federal government. Let's say you've invented a new suit mm-hmm. and it's it's a new uh, material that's never been seen on earth before and there's there's basically three options that happen from there people can go buy your suit for the price that you set or another company might come along and they might make a knockoff suit and it's going to cost half as much and the people who buy it wouldn't have bought yours anyway mm-hmm. because it's crappy and it doesn't fit the same and they don't have enough money or somebody comes along and they take your idea and they make a better suit well then that's on them because you didn't make the suit as good mm-hmm. as it could have been right. You know one of the patents that makes me the most mad on the earth? You know how it's only um, Ford cars that have the keypad on the outside because they have a patent on that. Are you never thought about that. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that a great thing? Like the keypad, that's a great thing to have to unlock your car. Yeah. And nobody else has them before because they got a stupid patent on it. We all could be having cars with a keypad. We know the technology's out there. It's not that hard to have yeah, a like keypad. Like some crappy cars have keypads. Yeah, like, because they're Fords. Yeah, Mercury, or I, mean, I guess Mercury. Mercury yeah, you know, like a Lincoln, 1997 probably. Ford Taurus. Yeah, has a, has a keypad, keypad. But, but a new Mercedes doesn't. No, that's a great point. Right? So stupid. And it's not like they invented the keypad. No, they didn't invent the <laughs> keypad. Somehow they hold the patent on keypads on yeah. cars. It's so dumb. It is. And you're oh. right. By their logic. If you take it back, there probably would be like ten people that own all the patents in the in yeah the, in the whole world. world in the yeah. whole world. It's like, well, that's a shelf. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, but it's a bookshelf. Well, I don't care. I invented it's the a first variation. shelf. Yeah. So, like, I'm still the family from the person who invented a shelf. Yeah. It's a variation on the shelf. I should get paid for that. <laughs> I mean, look at like to to go back to fashion for patents. Like how great not having patents in fashions has been. We grew up in an era where there was no dry fit. You remember yeah. like Nike dry fit mm-hmm. type material. Under Armour was like the first to come out with that stuff. I mean, I remember it was really just like uh, the tight-fitting stuff originally, the true Under Armour, mm-hmm. you know, when they started. And then it grew into this whole industry now yeah. where, like, that's all you all you wear for if you want to sweat in something. Like, why would you wear cotton anymore? Mm-hmm. You're going to wear this, this dry-fit material. You know, Nike, that's just mm-hmm. their brand name, but they couldn't have a patent on that. And so everybody made it. And now it's just, it's proliferate. It's proliferate. It's all over the place. Yeah. I don't think that's the right way to use that word. It's all over the place now because of that. And so that's been great for everybody. And the only reason that it wouldn't have happened is if government got involved and allowed you to patent or trademark something that would hold back uh, innovation. It's ridiculous. The keypad. Just think about that. Keypads not on Mercedes. Mm-hmm. It's all because of patents. Not that I would have a Mercedes anyway, but, no, but maybe one day. Yeah. I don't really want a Mercedes, to be honest with you. I'd like an old one. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. that story like for that, the day. Like the diesel. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a pretty convincing argument. All right. Who, Thanks, man. How do we make sure that... This is the example I get. How do I make sure that I don't get pencil shavings in my black pepper, my pepper grinder? <laughs> so, I would, in other words, you know, back in the day, people used to cut 
cut uh, black pepper with pencil shavings, you know, when the markets were unregulated. Mm -hmm. How do we make sure stuff like that doesn't happen? Well, first of all, it's a false, it's a, I don't know what you'd call it. It's, it's a, it's not true that the markets were unregulated back then, actually. So that's part of the thing. When the jungle was written, y'all know about that. Mm -hmm. Upton Sinclair, he wrote the. I purposely big didn't thing. use that example because I knew you would freak out. That's <laughs> no, no, the one everyone uses. No, so. it's a good example because he he wrote that. But see, I think it's I would I'm not going to freak out because <laughs> it's the, people it's a it's makes my case. Like there was government regulation. The reason that that stuff was happening in those meat markets were were because the palms were getting greased of the government employees <laughs> who were making sure so that, the yeah, and, the free, and a free market journalist was the one who changed the entire meat industry so it does not it's a like, story of the triumph and of capitalism yeah they were being regulated and the point was is that they were being regulated by an unaccountable monolithic government and so when that's the case all you have to figure out is who do I need to pay to keep quiet and you can do it but when the market exists and you have to open yourself to every single person who wants to come in and review you or you want to be open you like and if you close yourself off you're automatically suspicious you have to worry about reviews you have to worry about how the word gets out that you wouldn't let somebody come in and tour your factory you know we talked about this a couple episodes ago you know if we if it's the government somehow they put a stamp on it and i'm supposed to trust that it is approved and it's clean but all all they had to do that that factory all they had to do was pay the person off who does the stamping. That's it. Mm -hmm. And nobody will ever know. But if it's a completely free thing, and this meat packing plant won't let anybody come in and look at it, except one person, you're not going to buy meat from there. When right. that word gets out, you're going to, in a, if it wasn't the government giving you that stamp, if it was one stamp and they're only letting one person in, like it'd be like going to a movie. I agree with you, but what if someone, what if someone uh, used a more like, uh, Let's say something that's a little bit more consequential. Like, how do we make sure that an opiate-based pain reliever doesn't have like enough fentanyl to kill you? When you yeah, there it? will be there. Just like in the way that now you have respected movie, food, TV mm -hmm. show reviewers, there will be respected mm -hmm. over time free market-based reviewers of products that will tell you that you trust that you, either you trust them or you don't trust and there'll be a bunch of them there won't right. just be one there'll be tons of them and, look, and, and if that if that trusted reviewer is not allowed to test the product of this opiate or of this yeah, you know right. painkiller you're not going to take it and so it is in again acting selfishly it is in that com that company's selfish best interest to allow these selfish money making journalists or reviewers mm -hmm. to review their products so that the selfish consumers can trust them and then go buy their product and so everybody's acting selfishly mm -hmm. and it's better off than having one monolithic person review it that the company just needs to pay or bribe in the right way to lie to you as the consumer that which is, is actually big pharma yeah which is big pharma exactly so that is actually the more dangerous point, scenario yeah. the argument against that would be uh, well, wouldn't that company just pay everybody who comes in there? Well, then they go bankrupt. They can't, right. They can't, because right. you'd have 15, 20 journalists lining up to get their their palms greased, and at that point, it wouldn't be feasible. That's exactly right. So you look at the industries that are not regulated now as the test case, mm -hmm. things like video games, movies, you know, food, all those sorts of things, because they're not regulated. They're at least not regulated on their quality, I'm saying, whether they're mm -hmm. good or not. Yeah. And so they have to give out review copies of things. They have to give out... Uh, they have to open their doors to, to have people come in and test the restaurant beforehand. They, they have to do those things, and it's a part of the market. 
that they have to do it. It's part of a cost of doing business, mm-hmm. and they factor it into their pricing model, and it works out best for everybody. The journalists make money, the company makes money, and the consumers pay yeah, the both of those people. Not even going to make it into the product's not even going to make it into the market before it's already dropped if it's corrupt or a bad product. Right, and again, there will be mistakes. This is not a perfect world. We are not saying that there will never through this system be a product that slips in that is not right. But a lot less. But that happens now anyway. That happens now. This will have less of them. If there is a system out there that we're talking about and there was a regulatory agency that got to look at vaccines Mm -hmm. and, I don't know, at some point they failed to monitor something that a bunch of people died, what would happen to that company? They get, they get promoted in the mirror. No, in the, in the system <laughs> yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. they're gone. They're, they're gone, gone, right? Yeah. Well, in the system that we live in, they got to yeah. exist and continue and still be an authority. And that's the CDC. And that's what they did with the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. Exactly. They were part of that. And there was no punishment. They got to continue and exist in the same format they did before. Exactly. I didn't know that. That's a... Exactly. So that makes the case right there. So, again, the, the reason that this will, this will actually... There will be mistakes. There will be people that slip products by. There will be bad products. But actually, I think that there. I think there's a chance there wouldn't be any. And I think that there is. Uh, there, it's a certainty that there will be less of them than there are now. Um, and again, you look back at the stuff with the jungle when when Sinclair wrote that book. The problem was actually that people trusted that the pro- that the meat was good because the government was saying that it was. It wasn't that the that the industry was completely unregulated it's that it was regulated and it was regulated through cronyism and so that again now that i've said that people need to understand that what we have right now is not capitalism we have cronyism or crony capitalism which is completely different from capitalism because what we have now is a system which incentivizes companies to bribe the government to grow as opposed to growing on solely the basis of their products so that is a big difference. You Now they spend massive amounts of money on lobbying and things like that in order to grow and get laws changed in their favor as opposed to spending that money on making a good product and serving consumers. So we have like a form of capitalism, or it appears like it's capitalism, but it is not. It is cronyism, and that's the same thing that was going on in the meatpacking industry in the time when The Jungle was written. There was government, and government was regulating it, and that was why people trusted it and were eating bad food was because they trusted the government saying it was okay. But the government was being bribed and, and paid off in a way that led to bad regu- – it was bad regulation. Has there been a time in modern history where we've had an, an – or not we, but there's been an anarchist economy or an anarcho-capitalist economy? It, it depends on what you mean by modern um, – because governments, I mean, like we talked about, the Constitution was a power grab in and of itself. I mean, there have been, I guess I would say that it. if you just start to go from now backwards in time, it has been more and more and more close to, as the, as the government's gotten smaller, it's gotten closer to what we're talking about. Right, I agree. And so but, the, obvi- but some people would think the opposite. Yeah, the much derided, uh, what quote-unquote wild, wild west would probably would probably be a good example of an anarchic society mm-hmm. um, where um, industry was growing people were free to do what they wanted to and, and free to coexist how they how they wanted to I mean the government was as far as the West like westward expansion the government was pretty much ineffective you know they they had these they had these uh, um, 
not state troopers. What's the word I'm looking for? Marshals. Marshals. Thank yeah. you. They had these marshals, you know, that were supposed to be federal marshals that went around and helped take care of all the outlaws everywhere. It did not work well. Most of them were outlaws too. Yeah, they were horrible. You just paid them off. I mean, yeah. it did not work well. I mean, and so the all of these towns that were set up would be a decent example of anarchy in the sense that they were able to sort of, I mean, be completely free from the federal government. From federal you know, as they as they went around, and each town kind of did its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but and most people of flock the, to them. Yeah, people flock to it. I mean, that's how we we have this. Is, my voice is cracking a lot. And actually, you think of justice. That's how the, we have. But you think of the justice actually being more fair in the at least I do in yeah. the Wild West. We even have a country songs written. Yeah. You know, the, what was that? The beer for my horses or whatever. Remember that song? <laughs> I think it's that pretty, the I think Hollywood is sort of sort of change the view that people have of the wild west it's all like shootouts and and outlaws and stuff all the time but um i mean that certainly existed there were bandits and there were train robbers and stuff but like that I happens usually think now of a quiet yeah quiet. i mean that happens now and the bandits are just they just have uh, badges on i mean it's yeah. the same thing um but in that, it actually was better because these towns were able to take care of their own security mm-hmm. you know they hired their own sheriffs they did their own stuff and they took care of it themselves. And you talked about uh, capitalism and crony capitalism uh, a minute ago, and that's why I think this this week was such a great moment to be able to distinguish the two, because I saw so many people deriding capitalism because of the reaction of the of the people in power to the GameStop stuff, and what was actually happening was capitalism was happening, and then crony capitalism stepped in and said no. Yeah, the biggest bummer from the GameStop stuff for me so far, and I'm trying not to be pessimistic about it, is that still, when you read a lot of those stories, people are not putting the blame on the places that they need, on the place where it needs to go, which is the Federal Reserve. Yeah. It doesn't need to go on the... That's true. I haven't heard anything. Everybody's going after venture capitalists, and I hate that. Yeah, it's actually, I mean, they are part of the problem in the sense that they took, they, they weren't morally good enough to resist the bribe from the Federal Reserve, mm-hmm. but the Federal Reserve is what gave them the bribe in 08. And they're also just utilizing, utilizing they are, like, the in system a sense, like anyone else would do. This is a good example of what we're talking yeah. about, actually, mm-hmm. because they're just acting selfishly. Mm-hmm. And the government is what is creating an environment that allows them to act selfishly and crash things for regular people. Mm-hmm. Whereas what we're talking about, if you take the Federal Reserve out of the equation, then them acting selfishly would be better for the people downstream than it is when, with the Federal Reserve in play. Yeah, and some of these capitalist firms actually paid uh, Janet Yellen like $800,000. Yeah. Like a she, couple years ago. When I mean, you look at what she was paid the last like two, three years to, to give speeches, yeah. one of which being, uh, what's the company that's uh, the venture capital firm, one Melvin. of the big ones? Melvin. Yeah. They paid her eight hundred grand yeah. to give a speech a year ago. So what do you think is going to happen exactly. now? <laughs> I mean, what do you think is going to happen? And so this is what we're talking about yeah. is that when you set up a system where there is one monolithic control, a monopoly on force, then the game switches to not making the best product. It's who is going to bribe the monolithic power the best. And that's what they're all playing. They're all playing the game of who can get to the, who can, who can bribe the people at the top the best. So these companies like, uh, what was it? Melvin Capital are going after Janet Yellen. They're not spending that money on you or making a better product. They're spending it on, Mm-hmm. The people that they know are the real people who get to control what happens whenever crap hits the fan. Yeah, and so it's the system itself is what sets up uh, a poor environment, and it looks like capitalism is the problem. But no, government is the problem. Big business is not the issue. Business is focusing their attention on who controls the power. 
that being the government. If that was not a, a, a thing, they would only be able to be focused on serving who has the power. Mm-hmm. In this situation, it would be the consumer having exactly. the power. The market was ready to regulate their power, and the government stepped in. I think that's a, a perfect example of how, that, how capitalism was working, and the government stepped in and stopped that's it. That's exactly right. All right. Lastly, who will build the Don't roads? say it. <laughs> I know who that's the got them? you. That's the got you. Yeah, I've never thought about this question before in my life. Who would... Oh, man. You got me. Nobody. Nobody would build the roads. We would, we would, if we did not have government, we would not have any roads. There'd Just be no travel. way to drive. You know what? Our town is a decent example of this, actually, because of its history. Um, Henry Ford originally was going to make a bunch of stuff around where we live, you know, and... All of the roads, all of the sidewalks, the, all the sidewalks, everything, he built it. And then the government actually reneged. He was going to buy a bunch of federal um, property that they used to build the dam. He was going to buy houses and all this kind of stuff, all the infrastructure. And he was going to put his Ford plant um, here. And all the roads, he laid out everything. He pretty much laid out the whole town. And, and where Detroit is now and our town have a lot of similarities um, in the in the road names, everything. Yeah, he, was, he, was, he built it all for for the workers. Yeah. Like yeah. He basically built all of these this infrastructure for all of the workers who were going to come in. Yeah, and the government, the federal government actually ended up reneging on the deal, and he got all messed. He got all mad about it, and he just left and, and said, forget it. It was like some random like Wait, Nebraska so it was a federal senator government. or something. Yeah, it was. It, it was a federal government decision that blocked it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was like some random senator from Nebraska. This was all, this got all the way to vote, and I think he filibustered it. Nebraska, am I right? And basically because he didn't want – there was something in there. It had nothing to do with this. It was like he also wanted some kind of subsidy to be added for farmers yeah. that they wouldn't add, and so he filibustered and the thing died on the floor, and they were going to redo it, And but Henry Ford was like, screw it. I'm moving yeah. on. I'm tired of dealing with this. But anyway, isn't that where Ben Sass is from? Nebraska. It is. Loser. Wow. You know, well, anyway, if we wanted to just really make make Nebraska hate a staple of this podcast, I'd be for it. I'm totally good with that. Cannot stand that place. And I've never been there. I hope I never go there, although there is one golf course I'd really like to go to one day. So if anybody's listening that's a member there, I'd take everything back and do not I do not agree with what's being said on this podcast. Uh <laughs> But anyway, so there's a lot of potential ways that the roads could be built. It's almost like saying, it's like I referenced earlier, I have no way to know how all of this stuff would work out. But it's like saying, how would we have cell phones? How would we have the internet without the government? Well, we did. We have we have had so many other more, much more complex systems work together in society without the government's intervention. Intervention. There's a great book. Uh, it's kind of long. I'm sure nobody will read it. Called the private, the privatization of roads and highways, uh, by Walter Block. It sounds riveting with a title like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's one of those. <laughs> I actually really like the title. It's <laughs> it's one of those ones that uh, it's like a 400 or 500 page book, all on. And you can tell like only academics buy that. The cover <laughs> well, is not, I have it, so it's not, not only, aesthetically pleasing. I have it, so not only <laughs> academics buy it, they're also fake academics buy it <laughs> and read it. Because I have read it. I actually read this book in college. Anyway, it came out when I was in college. I remember being really pumped up about this uh, nerdy <laughs> long book on the privatization of roads and highways. But it's a good book. You can at least maybe, I don't know, maybe there's cliff notes out there. there, or there there's some excerpts because that's what I've done. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there are some excerpts from it. And so I go have... look that up. And that kind of, I don't want to spend too much time on that other than just saying like, 
take take 10 seconds to give a thought experiment with yourself. Uh, and I'm not trying to be condescending, but I'm just saying give yourself one thought experiment about anything else that literally everyone in the public uses just like roads. So take the internet, cell phones, whatever. That that 100% of people have now and rely on just like roads that do not have government involvement and that's how the roads would happen. It it just would. Yeah. It just would. It's a need, it's a demand and the market would fill it. Yeah, and it sounds like such a non-answer to say that, but it's so true. Like, people would just build them. I mean, I don't know what else you want to say. I don't know. It's companies, people, everybody would. Yeah. It's just, you know, again, how did we get the internet? How did we get cell phones that we all rely on these? How did we get computers? All these things we we rely on now, like, we, were, we rely on them for our livelihood, mm-hmm. and the government didn't make them, and yeah. we have them. Just like roads, we, we rely on them for our livelihood, we would make them. It would happen, and they'd Companies probably be better. Buy as a matter of fact, and they'd just actually, them. and this is kind of another whole tangent. I don't want to go on, but without the government, we probably would have actual cities still instead of the interstate mm-hmm. madness we have now that has made suburbia and moving away from city centers mm-hmm. a big thing. So it's actually made it worse. And the government wouldn't have to go out of their way to preserve land because the land would be preserved already because small cities instead of these sprawling because we need it yeah we need the land and we would understand that and yeah. we wouldn't abuse it it's all tied together I it think is. this is it it's really a, is it's pro- this is probably one of the easier subjects for Americans to get behind I agree free market I agree well I've always made the case that Americans are a lot more socialistic than they think because mm-hmm. they 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 a lot of Americans say they are pro free market but, right, they, but they are pro public schools yeah. so they're not for socialized medicine or I mean, they're not for socialized medicine or socialized groceries, but they are for for socialized defense and socialized education. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense to me. And highways and roads and, and highways. There are for socialized highways. There are for you know socialized army. <laughs> All these things would exist in the same way that you think that we don't need socialized groceries. You think the private industry would provide that better and cheaper. Well, the private industry would also provide better and cheaper by the same theory that you hold for groceries, defense, and uh, roads. Mm-hmm. And we'll and talk to about me, we'll that's talk about defense. Been the most convincing argument right there. Yeah. It's just capitalism applied to every area, pretty much. We're not going to talk about roads any more specifically than this, but we will talk about defense more specifically because I do think that that is a legitimate question mm-hmm. because it, it generally um, – revolves around the idea of, you know, how do you prevent like large gangs from taking over other gangs, mm-hmm. you know? And so we will talk about how defense works later, probably not next episode or the next, but maybe, I don't know, two, three episodes mm-hmm. from now, depending on how this goes. But um, the roads thing is to me, not that complicated of an answer. I agree. I mean, it's hard to imagine. I get that. It's yeah. hard to, it's hard to fathom, but not, not conceptually. It's not, if you just think about it for a little bit. Can I give the book recommendation this week? Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay, uh, I put down Henry Henry Hazlitt's Economics in One Lesson, which is a maybe a hundred and twenty pages, very short book, and it deals with the one lesson which I'll go ahead and give to you is for every action that we'll say every gain that a the government creates, there's a loss somewhere else in the economy. That's and right. It just shows over example over after example of taxes, tariffs. How when you put a tariff on wool to help out a uh, American farmer, you inevitably hurt an American uh, company that makes sweaters. That's right. There's the broken window fallacy mm-hmm. is kind of the. Is this uh, is this one of the books that's free on Mises? 
Probably. I mean, I'm I would sure it is. Yeah, sure. that's one thing I'd like to say is that uh, I don't know that every book we're going to recommend is is free on Mises, but uh, there's a ton of yeah. really great reading on there, and I would look. This probably is free on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it should be required reading for everybody. It should be required reading for like high schoolers. It should be just part of the thing. I mean, make your like high you schooler said, read it. If yeah, you're make your kid school. read it. It's a hundred, like you said, it's a hundred pages. It's it's an easy read. It's not an it's not at an academic level at all. To throw one more small recommendation on top of that on this topic, because it's more like a pamphlet than it is a book, I would really highly recommend, along with Economics in One Lesson, you also read, like seriously, read them close to each other, one after another, read I Pencil by Leonard Reed. Have you all ever read that? I haven't read that. I need to read that. You need to read it. It's not long at all, and it just kind of lays out how economy works from start to finish and it's it's really really good and it uses the metaphor of a pencil so or an analogy whatever but i don't know what the difference is i'm not that bright though so anyway that's our topic you got any more questions gear hardest that's it on the economy i believe i enjoyed that yeah i did too but i don't know if anybody else did (laughs) oh and buy gold (laughs) right this this is just one of my favorite things to talk about in the world i love talking about this Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. so it's really enjoyable you know yeah seriously if you have any questions leave them for us on a voicemail we'll put a link in the uh, show notes at the bottom um you know dm us on twitter do anything we just want some interaction we would love to have somebody on if you listen a lot and you think you want to come on the podcast especially if you think you disagree and you want to have a lengthy discussion on uh, why you disagree we would be we would be happy to do that uh, with some vetting, of course. We're not just going to let any Yahoo on here. We had to buy our own equipment. At least that was our barrier to entry to be the Yahoos you listen to. So, um, yeah, you guys got anything else? No, I guess I'm going to go home and uh, prop my feet up next Read to the, the fire with my yeah. Minnetonka moccasins on. Yeah, we shout out to our sponsors, Minnetonka yeah. moccasins. We thank you for making this podcast possible. Uh, we're going to start a Patreon soon, hopefully to get people involved help us pay the bills yeah we're running low <laughs> yeah it's getting bad out there uh bg's having to buy game stock stock at high prices just to hope hope to eventually uh, pay the bills of the podcast all right thanks for listening let us know if you have any questions or comments and we will see you all next week